Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We are definitely on the road this week. This is our special Switzerland edition. Yes, we are so excited to have a family living here so we can re- regularly visit, although we have been excluded because of COVID for the last two and a half years. So we are so happy to be back here. This is the most gorgeous spot on earth. We, those of you who were with us last week know we were uh, on Mallorca, a beautiful island in the Mediterranean, and we had our son Talmage with us. If you missed that last week's edition, you may want to go back and pick that up because Tal was on with us for a while. He's such an interesting mind. He has a degree in positive psychology and he shared some very interesting insights that were spot on with what we were talking about last week. And what we did is we just flew back from um, Mallorca to Zurich. And then we got on this, I mean, when you ride trains in Switzerland, oh my goodness, they're so smooth and so beautiful, and they're passing beneath the Alps. And, and so fast. And, and then, so fast. And so we came here to his to his house where he and his wife Anita live in Milans, which is part of the part of a, the most beautiful part of Switzerland, which is called Grabundus. No. Grabunda. Grabunda. Anyway, <laughs> we better not try that. Um, but it is absolutely stunning here. And yesterday we actually went on a train through the mountain in the car. Yeah, some of the trains work like ferries. You drive onto the train and right. then the train pulls you through the tunnel through the middle of the mountain and you're about 2,000 meters below the top of the mountain. <laughs> and it takes about 20 minutes to go through the mountain. And then it took about an hour and a half to drive back over the windiest road. And the scare, honestly, I was really scared. Were you, were you scared? Sheer drop off scared. on the other side. Wow. It was wild. On the way to Davos, which many of you may have heard of because that's where they have the big international conventions. So anyway, we are here with Tal and Anita, his wife, and their darling Anina whom they are so glad to have. And, you know, we often talk about how um, how the, you gain such perspective when you travel, and it, we, we are appreciating it even more because of COVID and because, you know, our travel, which was so frequent, was actually too frequent, so we were kind of glad for COVID in a way to put an end to it. But as we creep back into it, and when you – when you come to Switzerland, one of the things that occurs to you is just how remarkable this, this topography is and just how endless the beauty is. Um, a lot of people have been to, you know, Interlaken or to um, places that you've, you've heard of a lot. And Talmadge likes to tell us that the world tourists come to Interlaken and to um, what am I trying to say? Grindelwald and Grindelwald and so on. But the Swiss who really know their country, they come here uh, to to the area where we are, which is in the south, close to Italy, where Davos is, and it it's just one. You know, we always say we're glad this is a radio show, honey, because we 
we don't have to comb our hair before we do it. But this is one week we wish it was video because we would just love to show you where we are. Even though you look really awful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. You look great. Your hair is just kind of sticking up all over. We've been been running every morning and we go out through some vineyards. That's the interesting thing. There's a whole grape growing area here on the side of the mountain and you're running through the vineyards looking up at the snow-peaked Alps and you kind of get a little spoiled. Yeah, you do. It is absolutely exciting. But enough. We shouldn't just be talking. I mean, this is not a, a travel show. No, it isn't. But I just have to say that it looks like there's golf courses everywhere. And then you see a cow in the middle of the go- <laughs> golf course. There really aren't any golf courses there are at no all. no golf course. <laughs> but it is so stunning that we just never get over it when we're here. But we're so glad to be here. And Tal's wife is a life coach. She's actually coaching somebody in the other room and is delightful. And then our darling little Anina has is a 10-year-old who is... Who's trilingual already. Who is trilingual, absolutely. <laughs> and they would love to have had more children, but no luck. Um, Anina will story. probably yeah. will soon speak seven languages like her mother does. But enough, enough of that. Let's Let's just say a couple of more introductory things. Then we are going to get to, this is the first week of the month coming up. And we, as you know, you longtime listeners, we get into the thankful journals and make it a challenge to you for a new approach to finding extra gratitude in your life during the beautiful month of May. So we'll be getting right to that. But I did want to say, honey, you know, Having a family, having a large extended family is just not for the faint of heart. (laughs) You know, we're here with one of our children, but we're hearing from the others. And some of them are facing some interesting challenges, some health challenges. And others are, you know, facing some logistical challenges. And some of them are on the road themselves. And, um, you know, it's just every day. I guess we should say every day is serendipity, right? I mean, you could say every day is a new surprise. Some of them right. are worries. Right. And we, we all feel like that. There's always sometimes things are a little more smooth going, but um, there's always some issues that you're dealing with. And it's been so interesting to talk to Anita about how coaches deal with those things. And we, we're not here to talk about that today, but it really is fascinating that everybody has issues and um, everybody has beauty in their lives and you have to concentrate on which one you want to think about most, I guess. So Um, let's get to the month of May and talk about, you know, we just love the idea of changing up the gratitude journal every year. We know a lot of people that keep gratitude journals and when when they're trying to do the same thing every day, write down something they're grateful for. Some get great at it, but we kind of love the idea of being able to change it up just a little. And during this last month of April, what we we have been ch- challenging you to do and what we've been doing ourselves is writing down good questions that we ask, either to God or to other people, because part of feeling gratitude and and receiving and, and getting answers is about asking the right questions. We hope you've enjoyed that with us. But in May, the focus shifts to receiving. I mean, it's one thing to be thankful 
But part of the art of being really thankful is to become a good receiver. I think most of us are not good receivers. I mean, I don't know about you're kind of you have a hard time of that. You don't like. Yeah, you do have a good time with receiving. You love. (laughs) I'm probably more natural receiver than you are. (laughs) Give me more. Give me more. No, I am so (laughs) happy to give, 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 and then it really is harder to receive. And you have to remember. This is somebody that's thought through something that they want to give you. And it is so sweet. And I mean, it's not that I reject it, but it's just um, easier for me to give than receive. Well, you, you've made a lot of progress, honey. I remember distinctly when I first met you that if I would compliment you, if I give you a compliment, oh, you, you got very, very uncomfortable. I don't know why. But you really did. And you're now very gracious about receiving. I'm still really good at deflecting thing, those things. You changed the subject kind of pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. Someone gives Linda a compliment. She doesn't say, oh, thank you. Would you expand on that? I'm just really bashing. <laughs> As <that."> do you. <laughs> She's like, oh, thank you. And then she says, isn't that interesting how the sun reflects off that mountain over there? Or just whatever. <laughs> yeah. It is harder, I think, to receive, maybe especially for women, but not in every case. Okay, so we want to we want to read you a little poetry, and and kind of, we just think this is the fastest way for you to sort of feel what it is we're talking about, and keep in mind that we're we're working towards a challenge of a different kind of recording within your gratitude journal, and this time it'll be more about receiving than it is directly about gratitude. So so there's some really good things to think about in this. And we're going to read it, not fast, but um, we're going to pause along the way. We're going to go. Yeah. Okay. So this is called receiving life ebbs and flows. And at times the heavens seem to withdraw and withhold. And there are other times when blessings swirl down like a flurry of blossoms and we can neither grasp nor see them all. But in a feast and in famine, we need to learn how to receive. You know, even in football, where quarterbacks get all the headlines, none succeed without a good receiver. No matter how perfect the pass, nothing counts if the receiver drops the ball. Good receivers reach out and pull in, even as opposition swipes and bumps. That's That's a good one. You sports fans, I mean... That's the quickest way to understand that no matter how good the pass is, you, you can't drop it. And no matter how good the giver is, whether that's God or whether that's another person giving you something, it doesn't count. The pass is not completed until you catch it, until you receive it. So this is going on with that a bit. Um, good receivers never take the pass for granted or assume it will be easy to catch. They expect difficulty and deal with it, and they see the virtue even in a wobbly pass. They're ready to run new routes and to adjust old ones, according to where the opposition lines up. That's an interesting sentence. Yeah, they're not just out there catching the ball when it comes to them. They're finding a way to catch the ball. They're active in their reception. They're yeah, they're looking creative. at the opposition and figuring right. out how to get around it. Yeah. The more the receiver wants the ball and the more he shows his willingness to do whatever it takes to catch it, the more the quarterback will pass to him. Think of that. Think of that. Think of it in a spiritual context. Um, God wants to give us everything. We, We know that. We believe that. 
But if we're not receiving it, if we're not able to recognize and pull it in and take it into our lives and act on it, then we start limiting what God can give us, not because we've limited God's power, but because God operates on our agency and he will only give us what we can receive. Right. So, so let's, uh, maybe we should take, maybe, maybe we should pause on that metaphor and, and, and then, well, go ahead read one, one more stanza. I know is very excited about this next one. The physics law says every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Is there a responding spiritual law? Can there be? Is this world we borrow and owe and repay? In this world, we borrow and owe and repay, but we cannot repay heaven. How do we repay breath or time or nature? Are we hopelessly and eternally indebted? And what could we return anyway? What would we use as currency to pay back life? As blessings come down, what can we send back up? So that's that's the thing we want to really get into after the break. And you're maybe a little ahead of us that the only thing we can give back, the only thing we can repay for the gifts of God is our thanks. It's to receive things gratefully, yeah. really. Yeah. And in fact, we've been out walking today. I have done 12,000 steps and ran off 500 calories because we just can't quit walking. It's so gorgeous. But if you just don't soak it in, like, look at these baby green leaves. They're so beautiful. Sometimes we just walk past life and we don't look to the left or right. And all this beauty that the Lord's given us, we are just not receiving. We are not internalizing. And I think it is so important. I love what you just said there, honey. Sometimes, you know, a cur- there's nothing worse than a cursory thank you. Like someone gives you something and you're like, thanks. And you move on and it was just a word. It was like, bye, only you said thanks instead of goodbye. Right, right. But if you stop yourself and you say, wait a minute, I really am, I'm not grateful enough. I've got to feel it bigger. I've got to pull it down stronger. And you're out today walking, looking up at the mountains. And you say, oh, those are beautiful. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Look at them a little longer. Be a little more thankful. Right. Right. Go a little deeper. Right. So we'll take a little break and then we'll come back on this incredibly important art of receiving. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about the importance of receiving. So often we talk about giving, but it is just just as important, maybe more important to receive gratefully. So let us continue with this poem that we're reading. And where we left off was with a question. If you were going to try to pay back life, if you were going to try to pay back God, what would you repay with? What, What would you use for currency? We'll go on from there. The only currency we have is thanks. And maybe that will do simply because of the lender also already has everything else. Yes, true. Yeah, it's the only thing we can give. Perhaps our thanks is the appropriate and best return. Since it is the only thing we have to give and the only thing he does not have. So receiving is a whole thing, an eternal round encompassing. 
accept it all, accept the timing, accept everything that you receive, accept the unexpected, <clears throat> accept the challenge when it comes, never second guessing, never doubting, never resenting. Sometimes then a flood of providence is unleashed, flowing unrestrained over every part of our world. Ask and receive, give and take. Thus hold life in balance. You will die if you don't take in a breath, but you'll also die if you don't let it out. All giving and no receiving may bring exhaustion or resentment or depression, but all receiving and no giving is selfishness and entitlement. I love that metaphor. You know, we think of breathing and breathing in, but, we, but you can't breathe in unless you also breathe out. And you can't be thankful unless you also receive. If it's all giving and no receiving, you're exhausted. But if it's all receiving and no giving, it's selfishness and entitlement. Okay. In a universe where God owns all, Receiving is more important than accomplishing, and returning thanks is part of the celestial formula for returning. So this is the important part, practice, persist, until receiving becomes an art applicable equally to the jewels around your neck or those clustered on a leaf. What does that remind you of? The picture we got the other day from our daughter that showed a raindrop on a leaf with sun coming through it. And it, for all the world, looked like a diamond. It was yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah, great. So we want to give you a challenge now. And um, this may seem like a, a tough one. You may say, whoa, that's big. these are getting bigger every month. How can I do that? That's too much. But it's actually not. This is actually a fairly small challenge. You can do this in less than five minutes a day. Because one of the, there's a weekly challenge for the month of May. So you'll only have to do it. You'll only get to do it four times. But there is also a daily challenge, but it's very easy to do. And probably, I think, maybe it's just because we've done this all our life. This is something we've always done with our kids at the dinner table. And we'll get to that in a minute. But, but let, let us read you the challenge right the way it's stated here. Okay, this is it. Send or deliver one handwritten note of thanks each week this month. That alone will make you a unique receiver. And since receiving is partly about accepting the balance between pleasure and pain. Yeah, now think about that for a minute. Yeah, let's think about because, that for a minute. Because, you know, how many people get a handwritten note ever these days? I'll bet you it's been years since most of us have had a handwritten note. Maybe not. Maybe a little. You get a little oh, cards no, and write it. But, but the idea of just one a week. Think of someone each week for the four weeks of May, four or five weeks of May, and write them a little note by hand, and either send it to them or drop it off. And it doesn't have to be a lot of words, but I guarantee you, that's what the poem says. That alone will make you a unique receiver. But how does that make you a receiver if you're sending it? Well, because there aren't many receivers that take the time to give a handwritten note to someone. That's a, that's a unique receiver who takes the time to do that. 
And, you know, I'm looking at the picture on this page, which is really interesting. I'm thinking, what in the world it's is that? Old looks letters. It looks like a pile of cotton old, put together, but it's old letters. Airmail letters. And they're all tied together. And I'm, it makes me remember that my mom wrote so many letters in her life. She was a missionary uh, as a young woman, and then she was a missionary again after my dad died. And she sent so many precious letters. And it's just so interesting to think, well, when I read those, I am a receiver. I am so excited about it. But she was the one that thought this is really important to write this down. And we are, it's a treasure. And one reason that's the challenge this month is it's such a lost art to write a carefully composed by hand thank you note. So just one as the challenge, one a week during May. Here's the other part of the challenge, though. And this is for your book. This is for your gratitude journal. This is what we challenge you and challenge ourselves to do every day during the month of May to, to hone and perfect and improve our ability to receive and to be grateful. So in this book, each day, write two things, the best and the worst the happy and the sad, practice accepting them both, treating them both the same. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. Finding some silver lining of joy in each. That is really quite an interesting challenge. We, we've done this with our kids since they were tiny. I mean, happy and sad at dinner time. Bedtime or dinner bedtime. Time. What was your happy today? Yeah. And it really causes a child to think, well, what was what was the happiest thing that happened to me today? Especially when they've just been bawling because they don't want to go to bed. Yeah. They remind your, themselves that sad. there was I a have to go thing. to bed. That is my sad. <laughs> but but it does remind them they did have a happy moment in the day. And I think it's so And good kids to get better and that. better at this. If you just try this with a child who's never thought of it, they're what do you mean my happy? What do you what do you mean my sad? But as they get used to thinking back over their day and to accepting those emotions, you know, and talking about them. And, and you can tell them you're happy or sad, and you can do this around the dinner table, but whatever you do, write it in your book. Just have a one-liner, two, two little one-lines in your gratitude journal, the happiest thing you experienced that day and the saddest thing. And maybe someday just say, I didn't have any sads. Think for a minute. You probably had a little something, and it's okay. And it's good to record it. It's good to think about it. And the challenge is thinking, I mean, it, it, treating them both the same. I mean, I, I had a fabulous hike today. I've always said that's my happy. Uh, we went out with our darling granddaughter uh, and her mom and got a little neighbor dog and took it for a walk. And it was so fun. But what my, was your sad? my sad was that I ordered something online and I totally messed up the order. <laughs> I totally messed it up. I put the wrong sizes. You, I put you have a lot of your sads online. Oh, my God. <laughs> your, your phone is responsible for a lot oh, of your so sads. many sad things. <laughs> and and I just think, you know, okay, I learned something that I did it too fast. I didn't think about it. I was like, wait, wait, this couldn't cost this much. And so on and so on. Anyway, I got bailed out on it, which made it happy in the end. But it made me realize I need to think more carefully about things like that. And so I think you can treat them both the same if you can turn something, you know, that you've done is dumb or, or irresponsible. It's interesting. If you learn from it. It's interesting that you're attracted to that little line, uh, accepting them both, accepting them both, both the happy and the sad. 
it's a little like there there's a there's a wonderful inscription when you go to Wimbledon to the tennis the most famous grass court tennis in the world it's a magical place we love to go to Wimbledon but there's an archway players walk through to get from the dressing room onto the courts and it has the most interesting quote above it I should know who did this. Maybe one of you listeners will know, or maybe I'll look it up when we're done. Maybe it was Kipling. Anyway, what is it? Anyway, Anyway. here, here, I do know what it says. It says, to have met with both victory and defeat, and to have treated both of those imposters the same. I love that. I love (laughs) that. It kind of makes me choke up because it's so profound. I mean, you have a big victory and you get a little proud, that's an imposter. But if you have a defeat and you're completely destroyed by it, that's an imposter. We, that's what life is, is a series of little victories and little defeats. And if you treat both those imposters the same, if you treat the happies and the sads as part of life and you welcome them both and you deal with both of them, therein lies, I think, honey, some real genuine wisdom. Absolutely. You know, we have had lots of happies this week in general and to be a little more serious than just messing up an order. Um, We've lost three great people in our lives this week. Three funerals have happened. We have, we have missed one was a cousin that I love and one was a dear friend from Utah state. And another one was a mentor for many years uh, for our kids as well as, us and especially you i think um but it really is interesting to contemplate those things and realize how much they gave to you um you know that's a sad thing but they gave so much to you and in one case was cancer and he was miserable and his wife had just died recently and, and you just think you know there's there's some good feelings about reunions on the other side but i think those really sad things you can treat just like the happy things in some ways well that's the goal that's for sure let we're just about out of time but let us leave you with just a few quotes relating to happiness and but really more relating to receiving and to thankfulness in the vein we're talking about today of becoming a good receiver becoming better honing the skills of being a good receiver and and just give you some some wisdom from some wise things okay this is from henry ward beecher the unthankful heart discovers no mercies but let the thankful heart sweep through the day as the magnet finds the iron so so it will find so it will find in every hour some heavenly blessings isn't that a beautiful metaphor the magnet finds the iron filings every hour we should become we should become magnetized to the good things in life that might pass us by and the way you get magnetized by them is to be thankful for them then you start attracting them to right, you right. like a magnet. That magnet thing is really cool because, you know, as a child, we always play with those magnets. It just attracts things and picks them up um, because you just can't help it. It just attracts, attracts them. 
How about this one from William Hazlitt? This is a lot of thought. I really like this one. Taste is nothing but an enlarged capacity for receiving pleasure from works of imagination. If you say somebody, we've got a son, and we always say, you know, Eli has so much taste. It's good taste. He he has such good taste. He just, everything beautiful, nothing escapes his eye. And when you think about it, it, what Eli really has is an enlarged capacity for receiving pleasure from works of imagination, even if it's God's imagination. Well, and that could apply to food. Yeah. Or it could apply to fashion. It could apply to great books. Uh, They're all creations of, of imagination. I love that. Absolutely. Here's a, one by an unknown author. <laughs> Ham your blessings with thankfulness so they don't unravel. <laughs> That's, That's great. something. You, That's your blessings great. come and go, but unless you hem them, you know, with thankfulness, they'll unravel. They'll they'll blow away right. in, in the really chaff like and so on. So what a great thought. Maybe one more. In ordinary in ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give. And that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Guess who that's by? I can't pronounce Very appropriate for where we are today in Swiss-German territory. Dietrich Bonhoeffner. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So it's just a pleasure to be with you. Maybe one, you can't pass up France, St. Francis of Assisi. And this is directly on the topic. For it is in giving that we receive. Yeah, that's true. There's the two sides of that coin. So we challenge you, write four handwritten thank you notes this month. And every day in your gratitude journal, write down one happy and one sad for that day. Just hone your feelings. It's a beautiful challenge. And treat them both the same. That's good for you, and we hope we can do that as well. It's so good for everyone to think about. We thank you for joining us today. And we'll see you next time when we will shift, as we always do in the second week of the month, to the topic of grandparenting. And we've got some exciting things to announce to you about grandparenting that you can pass on to your parents if you don't happen to be a grandparent. So thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you again next time on Hires on the Road. Bye for now.